0: if there is something lacking in the child's perspective, I think that's where it's projected onto other people where they're almost like grasping at straws, kind of just trying to like fulfill that need or fulfill that love.
1: You're listening to the better boundaries podcast. I'm your host, Bria Wanamaker. I'm a registered psychotherapist and I'm wondering How do we put boundaries at the forefront of our mental health and physical wellness? I'm on a mission to uncover more about creating secure and interdependent relationships. You don't have to self-abandon or be a people pleaser anymore. You can be your whole self in all of your authenticity and still have healthy boundaries. Welcome. Let's dive in. What's up, y'all, and welcome back to another episode of the Better Boundaries podcast. I am thrilled to share this podcast episode with you, but before I do, can we all just take a deep breath and exhale? Feeling your breath go through your entire body from your feet through. Your head and releasing. And I want to just invite you to take inventory and evaluate the relationships in your life and the friendships in your life and your support systems and your resources because we need these. Connections. We are social beings, and we require support and love and acceptance and affection and confidence and trust in ourselves and with others. And we can't do this alone, and our society has gotten so hooked on this idea of independence and being an individual, and I mean, the opposite that has gotten really shamed and repressed in our society is this idea of being dependent on other people, and what I'm kind of referring to, I guess, in terms of boundaries is making sure that we have the skills and abilities to support ourselves and be our whole authentic self, and then also have the skills and abilities to connect with other, to connect with nature, um, so that we can hold the space for other people, and be more interdependent. So not completely independent, not completely dependent, interdependent. And that is when it is a give and take, that reciprocal relationship, allowing and receiving. And that is when we really thrive in connection with others and with ourselves. So, This episode is an interview with my fantastic friend, Nick, and she's been on the podcast before, so go check out any of the previous episodes um, that we did together, but in this episode particularly, we talk about friendship, love, dating, and attachment styles. Those are some of our favorite things to jam on together whether it's on the podcast or literally in real life, just grabbing coffee together. That's what we're talking about, which is very cool. Like, I love that I have a friendship that I've found in my adult life where I can talk about that stuff because I was always like that as a child. Like, my inner child is so happy when I'm spending time with Nick because, like, I always wanted to, like... Um, And I know I'm even drawn to like reality TV and like relationships there. Like I am the like, what's the tea um, (laughs) kind of person. And I guess that's what makes me a great therapist is just being attuned to like what's going on in different relationships and, and dynamics between people that really fascinates me. So I love that Nick and I were able to jam on all of all of this stuff and we really discuss our own attachment styles and and having friendships in adulthood and the importance of that so without further ado let's dive into this episode yeah maybe just like introduce yourself I'm excited to talk introduce yourself who you are what you do um, like also maybe what you do for fun and leisure. (laughs) Sure.
0: Uh, so my name is Nicola. I work in mental health and addictions field as I have for about several years now. Um, and well, I have a passion for mental health and advocating for people who are in need. That's how I got started into the field. Um, and then for fun, I enjoy working out, spending time with friends, spending time with my dog. Um, I'm pretty easygoing. I'm always kind of up for something fun. So that's
1: me. I love that. And do you know what that's true about you with friends? Like you have such a big friend group, or I don't know if it's big, but I think that you have a lot of people you're close to, which is Mm -hmm. like, always someone that you can call on. And that's something I feel like I've been lacking lately. And like, it's my own doing of like (laughs) isolating and then like being, coming out of my little cocoon and being like, shit, friends, friends are a thing. Um yeah. and then like doing that pattern over and over again. So I don't know. What's your like number one kind of tip for keeping relationships? This is even oh, thing, but
0: It's so tough as like an adult with like a full time job and you know like just regular stuff. Your own self care, um, and seeing like balancing seeing everybody, but also balancing your alone time. So by no means do I spend like. I spend majority of my time by myself, quite frankly, Um, but I'm here for it. Yeah. (laughs) I think like, that's kind of the beauty of all my friendships is it is those types of friends where it doesn't matter how long it's been. It can be like two weeks, a month, two months, we'll send each other a message and it's like, nothing's changed. We're picking up exactly where we left off. So I think like, that's, perhaps the kind of perspective that you need to take when you're, when you're entering those adult friendships. Cause yeah, everyone's so busy with their own lives. Uh, We're not going to be able to see each other connect like regularly. So I think just acknowledging, like not taking it personally if you don't hear from somebody and then if you do want to connect being the person to reach out or, you know, kind of initiating plans. So.
1: I, think that's so neat like I've always called it um low maintenance friendships like Mm -hmm. that's been my jam since I was little like Mm -hmm. so (laughs) only child life over here like I remember specifically this one friend who would come over and was like pretty like, attached, like, literally wanted to be, like, very close. This is when I was, like, I don't know, eight or something. Like, wanted to be really close to you, like, in your face the whole time. And I'm more of, like, when I was that age, like, a little bit of a parallel play person. Like, we can both play Barbies, but, like, can you be over there? And I'll just, be <laughs> over here, and I'll do my thing, and you also do your thing, and we're still playing together. Mm-hmm. Um, But... And so I remember my mom kind of coaching me through that when having that friend over of just like, yeah, sometimes you, you don't need to be right in each other's faces. And, Mm -hmm. and I think she's someone who we lived in the same neighborhood would like, literally like come knock on my door every day or like call every day. And she was like, it's okay to take breaks too from Mm -hmm. people. Mm -hmm. So it's like that balance I find of, yeah. Um, having some low maintenance friendships but also people that will reach out to you and like Mm -hmm. you feel like you can pick up where you left off with I love that
0: yeah it's a beautiful spot to be
1: in honestly okay and like that kind of makes me think of too in terms of our topic for today love (laughs) um, which is like so broad
0: (laughs) I know I know you scared me when you said that I was like
1: (laughs) so I was also thinking like love and attachment styles okay that's my jam (laughs) I know right so okay what is your attachment style and like what comes to mind for you in terms of that that's I'm just gonna toss that out there
0: I am anxious avoidant and I feel like it's living two hells on earth honestly because oh my god I have the worst of the worst worlds like I you know like being an anxious attachment style, like I'm obviously like super in my head and like judging myself all the time and like thinking about the connections that I do have and like worried about whether or not this person likes me or like, you know, all those kinds of automatic thoughts that come along, especially when you're getting to know someone or like first dating someone. And then like my avoidance side is like the second that I feel or like interpret a threat of the connection or relationship. I'm almost like, all right, peace out. Bye. Nope. Close off. Never again. Well, we can just be friends, but like, I'm not opening my heart up to you. So yeah, it's like battling those together can be really hard. Um, but kind of how I deal with it, I guess, is being very like self-aware. Um and kind of in tune with my own brain and body and like knowing which kind of attachment I'm experiencing to try and like challenge those, I guess. Right. So yeah. I've been working really hard on like, you know, what it doesn't matter. Um, it doesn't matter. Like if this person, like if they like me, like that question doesn't matter because. Really, like, the important question is, do I like them? Am I having fun? Am I enjoying myself? Am I feeling respected, appreciated? Like, all those things that are way more important. And I believe that, like, the right person is just going to show up, um, you know, like, how I need and, and what I want. And I won't have those questions because they'll just be able to, like, pr- almost prove, but, like, demonstrate that through their actions and through their words. And then alternatively, with, like, the avoidance side, I do kind of have to check myself again, like, challenge that, like, okay, slow down, like, maybe ask some more information before I completely, like, check out and <laughs> run away. Yeah.
1: So. Oh, so interesting. D- and, like, mm, I resonate with that avoidant piece, like, <laughs> slow down, um, mm-hmm. because... I am definitely like 100% avoidant is my default mm-hmm. which I have like done so much work around but it's still there and mm-hmm. and I feel like these come up the most in conflict um yeah. especially for the avoidant because it's just that total shutdown of like yeah. okay cool I'm I don't have to deal with this it's it's like a very neat um attachment style because Mm. it's kind of the epitome of being like a boss ass bitch because (laughs) it will it tricks you into thinking that like your ego that whatever that piece built up like during childhood to like you know save you from whatever was happening Mm -hmm. around you like when we develop those attachment styles like my ego for that was like your boss ass bitch you don't need nobody like Mm -hmm. you can handle yourself you got this So yeah, like my go-to is like if there's conflict in the relationship, I'm like like a moment of sadness. And then it's like, okay, no, it's fine. You're Baza's bitch. You like go on with your life. (laughs) You don't need nobody. We take care of ourselves. Like you're so independent. Mm -hmm. So I've been having to like talk down that voice because Mm -hmm. as supportive as that sounds it's just not it gets in the way of like Mm -hmm. actually having deeper connections and like exactly yeah like the intimacy piece
0: not you're not going to be able to build that deep connection um with somebody else if you're kind of constantly in those fight and flight zones right and Uh, i kind of like what you said about how it's even as much work as we do on ourselves and as much like challenging and coaching we work through, it's still going to be at the end of the day, our automatic response, like our automatic thought, because that's how our brains through, like you said, childhood have been programmed and wired are like, this is what I need to do to protect myself. And I think that's important to acknowledge um, just because I think for some people who perhaps are like struggling with their attachment styles Um, you can kind of feel that perhaps you haven't done enough work or you haven't been working on it when you're still having those thoughts, but I think it's perfectly normal to continue to experience those thoughts. Hopefully, you know, they're a little bit less and less intense. And I think also to say to that, like, you know, everything is nonlinear. So there's going to be times Mm -hmm. where it's way, way more intense, um, even if you've been coasting before, but those that's our fight or flight. So it's always going to come up no matter what. And it's just how we deal with it and how we get through it that really matters.
1: That's so interesting. And uh, yeah, I love that you said it's nonlinear. And mm-hmm. I think even in the same, like I've been in like conflict or argument, like in partnership before and had wins like had the avoidant thoughts come up. And then I just like put them elsewhere. And I'm like, no, we're going to, you can go for a walk. You can like, yeah, take your alone time, take your space, but you don't have to like leave the building. You can, you could do just like a meditation, like take your time, Mm -hmm. um, go to the bathroom, whatever it is, like any kind of self care. So I've like been in arguments before and stacked a bunch of wins on top of one another. And then it gets to a point where that like window of tolerance is Mm -hmm. like closed if the Mm -hmm. argument um, or like conflict isn't resolved. So then it's like a full blown, I'm out of here vibe. (laughs) Um, So it's interesting that you say like, yes, non-linear in like days, weeks, months, years. And it also can be non-linear in the exact same Mm -hmm. moment. Like you can Mm -hmm. have both wins and successes In managing like your attachment style and you can have some setbacks Mm -hmm. or like quote-unquote failures all at the same time absolutely
0: absolutely I think it's yeah it's always gonna be a journey and I think even when we have these quote setbacks it's still an opportunity later for you to kind of come back and reflect and be like like you know have that conversation with yourself okay what perhaps was I feeling in that moment? Why was I so triggered? Um, what could I do next time to perhaps kind of support my healing journey and moving forward? So I still think there's tons of like learning opportunity, even in those
1: times that don't feel so great. It's so true. And I want to go back to something you said before about like asking yourself, um, instead of the judgments and the worries of, like, does this person like me? All of those questions, or like, I hope you like me kind of deal, going into different interactions with that energy versus, do I like this person? Do I like how I'm being treated? Am I having a good time? Like, is this within my values? go into that because that starts at a really young (laughs) age like I have been working with Mm. so many like children and youth and I see it in their like friendships at school where there's some kids that go into interactions with other peers and they're like yeah like please like me like I will Mm -hmm. do anything to get you to like me like I will buy you things I will I will give you my toys my personal items like that starts young
0: it does I think that that's if I had to kind of guess uh, from my experience, like in mental health and personal experience, I think that it comes down to, yeah, like the childhood connections and relationships that they've built with their primary caregivers. And if there was like a need missing from that caregiver, um, so probably mom or dad. And uh, even in terms of just like love, affection, attention, like, that kind of thing. If there is something lacking in the child's perspective, I think that's where it's projected onto other people where they're almost like grasping at straws, kind of just trying to like fulfill that need or fulfill that love. Um, and then that's kind of like, so through journey through to adulthood that's something that I feel I'm working on is like fulfilling my own love and attention and needs um and like finding that power in spending all that time by yourself and like going on dates with yourself and like spending time with yourself and not like finding that almost like pull towards other people. We're all like social beings, and I'm an extroverted person also. So of course, I want to spend time with other people. But is it because you know, I'm looking for that like love or attention, because I can just give that to myself. So it's very interesting, because yeah, I think you can definitely see it very early on. And then as as well, like I work with adults. So seeing the people who perhaps never were able to work on that, Um, that's where we see a lot of, yeah, people with sometimes like multiple partners, like who can't settle down and like dating a lot of people or infidelity. And that's not to say every single person who experiences um, deficits and like love and attention are going to follow through in that because there's many people who don't. um, And, you know, they're perhaps they're just like meeting those needs in other ways. But a lot of the people that I do see who like practice like multiple dating partners and infidelity, it does come down to like that lowered self-esteem and that lack of like love. So that's just one way that somebody could be expressing or projecting that later on in life.
1: Mm. Mm. (laughs) So true. Yeah. I hadn't like fully considered that like because it does have so many different impacts mm-hmm. like growing up but yeah I hadn't even um I was thinking in terms of like addictions too like oh, feeling yeah that need with something oh, yeah. else like numbing and stuff but I like that you relate it to like partnership and and sex and intimacy and like looking for it in like a thousand yeah. different ways um okay and we i feel like we have to do another one of these cuz this is too Yeah, we can to, we like, can jam on addiction. <laughs> oh my god, we need to talk about addiction. Um okay, so hit us with like one final tip that mm-hmm. you would share in terms of like everything we've talked about today, attachment style, um where do we even start because people are like okay well yeah i was like this in childhood like i was the kid who was always giving my snacks away or like maybe you're the kid who's like shutting down and running away and now you feel like you're the adult who's doing all these things Mm -hmm. still so yeah where do people start with this stuff
0: uh I think maybe the first thing would be to kind of identify what type of attachment style you have and decide if that's something that you want to work on. Um, There's like tons of resources online and like in bookstores about like working on your attachment style. So I think that that's something totally doable. Um, And then even just like noticing your triggers, like when you're in that fight or flight mode, like what's been going on, what, why are you like, you know, even taking that time to journal, um, just some kind of simple practices to be mindful about what you're thinking and feeling and how your body and brain
1: are reacting. Dude, that's huge that you said like the triggers part, because for me that's something that actually helps a lot um now that you bring it up is like literally saying out loud like oh this is a trigger." like i'll have like a funny conversation with myself and bring humor to it Of like oh bria like remember this is a trigger for you like this has happened before yeah universe you're so funny like thanks for sending this to me again um like that kind of conversation it just helps to I did this like in eating disorder recovery too I think I had talked about this on an episode before of like um seeing a girl in like a sports bra going for a run while I'm like at home sitting on my computer um and literally calling a spade a spade and being like oh that's a trigger like (laughs) out loud just outing that shit helps so much Mm -hmm. um so yeah I like that a lot
0: Yeah, and give it time to process, right? Because those triggers are going to link back to whatever childhood experience you had um, that caused that wound and caused the development of that attachment style. So it's like, not only do you, not only is it good practice, I guess, to work on in that moment, but healing that, you know, core wound from where it's developed, maybe a little bit down the road, but something to kind of think about.
1: Oh. So good. Thank you. (laughs) Thanks for all your wisdom and knowledge and and chats. I love it. No, you're welcome. Anytime. Thank you for listening. Share this episode with someone that you know who could use better boundaries in their life. When you give the show a five-star rating on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, it also helps others to be able to find the show too. I will see you next time. Bye.